This is Brand and New from the International Trademark Association. This podcast series explores changes and dynamics in the legal world, now and tomorrow, with a focus on intellectual property. Welcome to Brand and New, I am Audrey Dove. Just by reading the news, the metaverse seems like a storm of experiential, edgy, immersive technology poised at the juncture of art, entertainment, social media, and cryptocurrency. With that, we are told the metaverse has the potential to revolutionize the art world. Storage, location, display, transparency, authenticity, and accessibility are the stumbling blocks to experiencing or owning fine art. Yet the metaverse theoretically provides a platform for creators, commentators, critics, galleries, and collectors to transcend all of these issues. Is the metaverse really turning the art world upside down? How much of this remains a mirage and how much of it is already a structured, working, money-making ecosystem? And how critical is financial technology empowering this new art market? Our guest today is Anne Brace Girdle. Anne is Vice President of Business Development at Metaversal. Her expertise focuses on the intersection between the art world and technology. As mentioned on Metaversal's website, Anne has been preaching about NFTs in the art world since before it was even cool. And prior to joining Metaversal, Anne spent a decade at Christie's with her last role being Associate Vice President in charge of the Art and Tech Initiative before turning to Art Tech, first by joining Superblue as their Senior Director for Special Projects and then co-founding the Art and Antiquities Blockchain, a consortium of women from diverse professional backgrounds providing unparalleled expertise in the area of cultural heritage issues. Anne, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Why the concept of metaverse and the myriad of opportunities it promises for companies, for individuals, has been heavily discussed in the media and recently became more mainstream than it used to be? Many of us still somehow struggle to grasp what it is about when it comes to its actual impact on our lives and experiences. Could you describe to our listeners your conception of the metaverse today and what it could become in the near future? Thank you. That's a really great question. And I find that sometimes it's really important to alleviate some immediate fears and concerns about the broadness of the metaverse uh, first before helping people understand the benefits of NFTs and this technology more broadly. So it's a great place to start, I think. The reality is that this grand vision of, quote, the metaverse that people envision where we're wearing virtual reality headsets, we're all engaging and purchasing and transacting in a virtual space. The reality of that becoming the norm is many, many years away, right? So I want to say that first and foremost, we are not close to that future vision. What the metaverse means in our lives right now is quite literally what we're experiencing in this moment. You and I are connecting over Zoom, we're connecting over FaceTime, uh, in the NFT and crypto communities, they're connecting via Twitter, via Discord. So basically what the quote metaverse means right now is in what ways are we existing purely virtually and digitally? And that will continue to evolve. And the reality is that the exciting parts of that broader metaverse, so where people are exchanging and, and transacting digitally, 
The clearest use case that's happening right now is within video games. So what we're seeing right now, and this is sort of the preview into what the quote metaverse can become down the line, is what we're seeing with regard to video games. We're seeing a world where the foundational elements within the video games, so the different tokens you earn, the different weapons you pick up, the different pieces of clothing that you earn as you go from level to level within a video game, all of those pieces are foundationally an NFT, which means they can be traded, purchased, sold. So essentially, there's a new form of digital economy that's happening within video games right now. So I think that's a glimmer into what the future could be when we think of transactions within a virtual world, but we're very far from being there. Why the NFT market is so inherently associated with the development of the metaverse and why is it re-engineering digital art more than any other recent technology or innovation? Before blockchain technology became a reality and sort of a household name, there was no way to make a digital asset unique. By that, I mean, we could take an image on our phone, you could screen share it, you could replicate it any number of times. There was no way to prove the identity of a digital asset. And so now with the advent of blockchain technology, anything that is digital can have an identity, a title registry, essentially, right? It can be individually owned and it can be additioned. You know, an example that's really familiar to say, any of our listeners who are familiar with the art world, is that contemporary artists, for instance, create value and demand by creating editions of their pieces, right? You have an edition one of five. You have 10 prints that you're selling, and you're only selling those 10 prints, right? And we can prove that only 10 of those pieces exist. Well, now we're in a world where you can prove that there is only one digital image. There is only one digital piece of virtual land. The technology embeds that asset with a particular code, that represents that piece's identity. And so if I own an NFT, I am the only one who actually owns the digital identity to that piece that's linked on a blockchain to its value, to its history of ownership. And that is cemented and recorded on a blockchain. Yes, could you screen share that NFT that I own? You could, but you don't have the ownership rights to it. You couldn't trade it uh, in the way that I could. So that fundamentally creates an entirely new economy because now anything that is digital can have an identity. It can be a one of one. It can be scarce. Value can actually be associated with that digital piece. So when we think of the metaverse broadly, the reason why there's so much potential is because NFTs will be the foundational building blocks of these metaverses. So anything that we transact, trade, anything we wear, anything a, a digital version of ourselves, anything we put on our body whether that be a tattoo, whether that be any piece of clothing, anything. Basically, our virtual, our digital selves can be whatever we want them to be, right? Like I don't have any tattoos on my physical body, but I'm going to play around with them in my, in my avatar and add some to my body. Now, I will buy those tattoos and the foundational, and I'll buy it because I will purchase an NFT version of it, and then it will be inherently mine. And so if we think about replicating our physical worlds within a digital space, now anything that's represented in that digital world can have an inherent digital identity. You currently oversee business development for Metaversal, a Miami-based investment firm and venture studio focused on NFTs. 
Metaversal's core mission is to co-create and co-produce NFT projects by connecting its capital to diverse creators across the creative spectrum. How does this mission translate into your role on a daily basis and in the long run? My day-to-day life uh, translates to so many things because it is a startup in the Web3 space. So there's um, a lot that everyone on the team oversees, but essentially it's my job to help brands across all cultural sectors understand that Metaversal is a company that you can partner with to essentially build, develop, produce, and execute an NFT and more broadly, a Metaverse strategy. By that, I mean, we're seeing that so many brands understand that this is the future of culture, period. But the reality is there are very few brands that have the expertise in-house to know precisely how can NFTs enhance their existing values, goals, legacy visions? How can they use NFTs as a tool to grow, to engage their consumers more broadly? They're really lacking that expertise. And they're also probably lacking the budget that's necessary to build and execute an NFT project. So what Metaversal does is we can function as an in-house NFT department. We bring our Web3 expertise, our, our robust knowledge of the space, what makes an NFT project successful. We bring capital and we really co-curate an NFT project with a brand, a creator, or an artist. And then we take on the responsibility of producing and executing and marketing it on their behalf. So in my role, I'm talking to brands about doing that basically every day. Now, when you mention our mission about being very creator-focused and artist-focused and also having an investment arm, the way in which that impacts my day-to-day is that community and community building and community access is at the core of the NFT space and what really drives the success of a lot of these collaborations and projects that we're seeing. So we as a company are investing actively in NFTs. We are buying NFTs. We have a collection of about 1,200 right now. By owning these NFTs, we have direct access to those communities. What we can do with that access is we can figure out how to bridge the gap between the projects that we're curating with brands. Okay. So say we're, you know, right now we're working on a project with an entertainment production company called Clubhouse Pictures. They're a team that is steeped in Hollywood production, and we're figuring out how to provide access to the project that we're creating with them. How can we bring that project into the communities that we have access to through our NFTs? So we are kind of a connector in that regard. Any artists that we support who create work for the Metaversal brand, how can we connect them to people who are relevant to their goals who are existing in the NFT communities we're a part of? Uh, Anne, uh, looking at the big picture, how would you characterize the role of companies like Metaversal in the building, running, and owning the Metaverse? And is Metaversal some form of an art gallery for the Metaverse? That's a great question and really important for anyone to think about as they're considering how to bring their own brand or their own IP or their own company into this new world. So I'm, I'm often asked the question, okay, I have this existing IP. I have this movie. I have these photographs. I have these prints. How do I connect them to NFTs? How do I turn my existing IP into an NFT? And what I always say is that it does not make sense to take an existing project, existing IP, 
and take that square existing IP peg and put it into an NFT round hole. The success for an NFT project comes from truly understanding what the technology does, what it's capable of, how you can utilize it as a brand new tool and what that tool provides. And once you understand the benefits of the technology and what the NFT community means and its ethos, then you can really understand how to use it as a new tool to achieve what you want to achieve as a brand, as a company, as an individual. So NFTs are a means to an end. It's a new tool in your existing marketing toolkit. It may or may not apply perfectly to work that you've already done. And so I think helping people understand that is a crucial part of what we do. So I like to use the word co-curate because I compare it to a curator having a conversation with an artist and the curator pulling out the ideas from the artist and really crafting a strategy from that. And so Metaversal and the and brands like ours, we have this inherent, intimate, really intuitive sense of the Web3 ethos and what success looks like for NFT projects. And we can help translate the legacy goals, the creative vision of a brand and create something successful together with NFTs at the foundation of that. If you don't have a team that really deeply understands the community in this space, it's incredibly hard to launch something that's authentic and that will resonate with the NFT community. And the reality is that right now, the NFT community is so small. There's so much currency being transacted and the numbers you're seeing are very high. The reality is that only about 250,000 digital wallets exist that hold NFTs. And if you think about how many people have access to the internet, we really are in the early stages of this. So right now, when you're, quote, launching a project and selling a project to the NFT community, it's very small right now. And so understanding how to create something that resonates and that's new and interesting to that space does take a lot of expertise. I think your question about are we a gallery is a good one because when I talk to people who don't inherently understand the space just yet, I see in their brains, in their minds, they're trying to create associations, right? They're trying to link the emerging projects, the emerging brands that they're seeing in the Web3 and NFT space. They're trying to connect it to something they already know, right? Which is just a human instinct. Like I need to associate this with something that makes sense to me. The reality is, the brands we're seeing launch in the NFT space, like for instance, the Azuki project, is an entirely new form of media brand. So the notion of what a quote brand means is being redefined within the Web3 community and the Web3 space. So I encourage people to try very hard to disassociate what you're learning about from anything that already exists. So a gallery being a middleman, middle person between an artist and a community. The reality is that Web3 is all about creating a decentralized culture where you can connect artists directly to the people and the consumers who want to purchase, acquire, and appreciate their work. So the reality is that we're, we're moving away from models where middle people exist. So the reality is that the future for a, quote, typical gallery structure is in question. Do tastemakers exist? 100%. Do curate, will curators continue to you know, showcase what they believe to be the most interesting art? Yes, I do think that will continue because tastemaking, there's still a need for that. But I would encourage your listeners to think of a, a future culture where those middlemen and those companies and the, mo the business models that are the middlemen start to fade and dissolve 
in a way, because the reality of blockchain is that it connects creators directly to consumers. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation. Previously, unknown artists have become some of the most successful people to sell NFTs such as Beeple or Pac. Uh, along with celebrities such as Paris Hilton. Uh, many established contemporary artists and collectors are also deeply invested in creating and selling NFTs, resulting in a wave of evolution and innovation in the digital art landscape. It looks like NFTs and the metaverse reflect a core shift in how art is made and how it circulates. Do you agree with this statement? And more particularly, are artists moving away from the studio to go fully online? I want to just highlight a point that you made. So the point you just made was some of the most successful artists to sell artwork with NFTs is Beeple, for instance. And what's really interesting about that comment that's related to something that I, that I see within the traditional art world, for instance, is you know, my, my background is from the traditional art world, so I'm often speaking to people in that industry. And I realize when talking to them that the news and the information they're digesting about NFTs is specifically art world related news, right? They're reading Artnet, they're reading Kenny Schachter, and they're not really engaging in the news sources from the Web3 and crypto spaces. And so what's interesting is that, not that I know where you received your news, but to me, in knowing the broader NFT community, Beeple represents a very specific moment, but he is, he is not one of the, quote, most successful artists in the way that I think of it from being ingrained in the NFT space. So, for instance, if we look at Yuga Labs, which created the Board Ape Yacht Club, that is one of the most successful projects and one of the most successful, quote, artists. And I think I would encourage your listeners to start shifting away from the notion of artists as being an individual and therefore having potential for being successful because are there individual artists creating in the space and creating NFT projects? hundred percent. But what we're seeing more broadly is these massive projects that are created by a collective like the Board Ape Yacht Club, for instance, that was created by, by mentioning that I'm encouraging any listeners who are reading about specifically art world focused successes, like the Beeple sale, for instance, like Damien Hirst, for instance, Jeff Koons, I would encourage you to also try to incorporate some specific Web3 crypto NFT news into your consumption um, and into just like, you know, your research, because it'll just broaden your aperture when thinking about what success looks like. And then as far as selling NFTs representing a wave of innovation in the digital art landscape, Yes. And I think what's also really important to understand is not only that this represents a new medium, right? Like how can we use the digital as a canvas, but more importantly, what do NFTs offer beyond just quote digital art as a canvas? So for instance, one of the key elements of NFTs is that they provide utility. If I own an NFT of this particular project, it gives me specific access. It connects me to the community that, that also owns these NFTs. It makes me part of a community that has a broader plan that's not just about owning a particular piece. So now the notion of ownership within the NFT space 
is significantly broader than what we're thinking about in, say, the traditional art world where you own a painting, but that's essentially the end of your relationship with that artist or that gallery, for instance. So if I'm buying an NFT, it's because I'm excited to have access to the community that owns those NFTs. I'm excited to follow the creators. I'm excited to be a part of what they represent more broadly. And I'm excited for the utility that it will give me and the access that it will give me as a holder. And what could you say about the business and legal challenges that come with this shift for companies like Metaversal when working with NFT artists? That's a great question and something that we're thinking about every day. And the industry continues to learn about with sort of every step forward. One thing that we're seeing within the industry broadly is the need to very carefully audit the smart contracts that you're creating linked to any particular project. So what do I mean by that? The smart contract essentially is the, the equivalent of if you're, you're writing a piece of computer code to determine what happens when ownership transfers from one person to another, just as an example. So for instance, if I launch an NFT project and I create a website where you can mint and buy the NFTs from my website, I am responsible for creating the foundational, the technical backend layer of that website that actually lets you purchase that NFT and transfers that NFT into your digital wallet and takes your cryptocurrency. The blockchain elements of these projects and the foundational technical layers need to be audited and reviewed carefully to ensure that, for instance, the transactions happen seamlessly. Because one of the beautiful elements of the blockchain, which is that it is decentralized, meaning there is no one centralized authority who controls it. Uh, an element of that is that everyone has control and owns their existence on the blockchain. So what do I mean by that? Your digital wallet, you're the only one who knows that password. And there's no one you can call if you lose your password to restore it, right? If you lose your password that accesses your digital wallet that connects to a blockchain, you can never access it again. It's a completely decentralized system. So if you don't write your code properly when essentially creating the foundation for a transaction, if you want to sell an NFT to me, if you don't write that code properly, there's a, there's a potential chance for that cryptocurrency to be locked and not accessible, right? So auditing the technical layers of these projects is crucial. That's actually something that we provide, for instance, when we work with companies and when we partner with people is we understand what's required to audit the technical layers of these projects to ensure that everything flows seamlessly and that problems do not arise. You know, this is a new moment in time where the notion of IP and copyright and royalties, that's all being completely redefined with this new world of digital assets, right? So, so conversations around what is open source, um, creative commons rights, the notion of ongoing royalties, all of these conversations about intellectual property um, and copyright are relevant to every project that's created. And so it's a real moment for um, anyone with IP expertise and copyright expertise to, you know, become thought leaders in this Web3 space because there's such a need for that expertise in building these projects. And you spent almost a decade at Christie's where you specialize into technology-based art before turning to the tech art sector itself. What convinced you Uh, back in 2019 to move from the auction world uh, to artistic production itself? 
When I was at Christie's, I was a specialist in photographs. So I was not focused on anything technical or on new media when I was there. But my involvement as a specialist and specifically as a photograph specialist directly impacted why I became excited about blockchain technology. So I think, you know, as a photograph specialist, every day I was getting questions from potential buyers who were saying, okay, well, I understand this photographer made only 50 editions of this print, but how can you prove that to me? What's preventing that photographer from making another hundred and then devaluing my print? And the reality is the answer to that question is simply trust, right? We trust a photographer to not make any more photographs. We trust their dealer who says, I promise this photographer will not create any more versions of this print. The reality is there's no way to prove that, right? There's no way to prove that only 50 prints exist, okay? We know that, especially any, like the notion of proving physical editions with provenance and tracking provenance, anyone who's listening who's remotely familiar with the art world will understand the inherent conflict problems with that, right? Blockchain technology quite literally creates a solution for those questions. So blockchain technology provides a way to actually prove additions because each addition would be cemented on a blockchain. The ownership would be there. And if any, if an artist tried to create additional additions, then anyone who had access to the blockchain would see that the artist was doing that. So it's essentially this opportunity for anyone within a particular network to see exactly what's being transacted. So once I learned that that was a foundational element of blockchain, that it was literally a tool to consolidate provenance, consolidate value, and make it accessible to everyone in the network, I had a eureka moment and realized this is the future of the art world. And the guiding principles of blockchain directly align with the major problems and roadblocks within the art world. So it was my role as a specialist in working every day with people who bought art and sold art and realizing the inherent complexities of the industry, that is what actually made me fall in love with blockchain because I saw immediately how much it's going to revolutionize the art world for the better and how much it can benefit every single person and role within the art world broadly. And I'm feeling so passionately about the future of this technology and its impact on culture that I want to become a part of leading this movement. And I want to start to educate the traditional art world on what this means for the future of our business. What's the most disrupting aspect of the metaverse that we will experience in the near future in your view? Something that I'm super excited about is the notion of digital identities and of self-sovereignty. Thinking about a future where all of our assets, think about all of our financial assets, all of our medical records, anything that we own that represents our identity can be digitalized and consolidated in one space. And that even can translate into your art collection, right? So my digital identity in the future will be connected to every piece of art that I own. And essentially, if you take that a step further, what that means is that I would have an organically updated collection management system. That sounds kind of far out, but I would encourage your listeners to start to research the notion of self-sovereignty and how blockchain will create a lot of efficiencies um, and benefits for just functioning as an individual (laughs) in a complex society. The last book you read that you would recommend? So I just finished the book 
Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. So you're all getting a bit of insight into my, my own personal <laughs> growth. Journey. I think um, one, of the, one of the scary but exciting elements of working in the NFT space is it's literally being defined as we go along and it can be very challenging and you feel very vulnerable, right? There's so much to learn. It feels like every day it's one step forward and two steps back. And we're making a lot of decisions based on you know, assumptions about a market that's evolving before our eyes. So it's exciting, but it's also scary and challenging. And I was looking for a book that would help me just get more control over my feelings and my, my own anxieties with regard to my work life. And so I found this book by Susan Jeffers to be really helpful in getting control of our, of our emotions, essentially. And, and thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to connect with you and your audience. It's been a real pleasure. My guest today was Anne Brace Girdle, VP of Business Development at Metaversal. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for new episodes. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe and share it. We are always looking for new people to discover brand and new. And to learn more about INTA, its resources and events, please visit www.inta.org.